0: Join the World Happiness Fest, the largest forum of happiness and well-being in the world. Visit us at www.worldhappiness.foundation. We are realizing a world with freedom, consciousness, and happiness for all.
1: Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest.
0: Welcome. Do you wanna know how to design systems for human transformation education? Well, in this podcast, I have Dane Maxwell, a failure and sometimes entrepreneur. He asked for me to introduce him that way, although I have a hard time saying that, knowing his background. He's also the author of a best-selling book, Start From Zero, that you can find on Amazon that teaches you how to make building businesses pleasurable by following your heart. He does this as well as building virtual reality multiplayer applications for childhood transformation, games, entertainments, education platforms, and many other things that we're going to be diving into today. So without any delay, I'd like to welcome Dane Maxwell. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, brother. Uh, Hey, Dane. It's good to see you, brother. I'm excited to chat with you, man. Talk to you about all things human transformation and education, because ultimately, education is just really the next step to transformation. And so, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to just kind of dive just a little bit into kind of like your personal journey as an entrepreneur that kind of got you to transform
1: yourself along the way with education. Oh, my God. I, I don't really know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I, can t- I can tell you the reason I did entrepreneurship was sure, because, because of the transformation. Mm. You know, it, was, it was, well, I wanted, at the, at the beginning, I was quite selfish. I was like, I want to make a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) And, and then I started doing that and I was like, this isn't doing what I thought it would do for me. I want to help as many people as I can. I was Mm -hmm. like, this isn't really doing it for me. I actually want to, I want to help myself in the process. And as soon as I included helping myself in the process, I started working on things that were like a hundred times bigger and like much more intimidating. Uh, Like I was going to say a hundred times more intimidating. Probably a hundred times more intimidating because the stuff I was doing before wasn't intimidating, uh, in the in the way the things that I'm working on now are, and, oh. and and you know anything that my ego would have like loved to be adored about, um, the 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 world that I'm playing in now, like what I was reaching for when I was driven when I was driven from survival instinct, mm-hmm. you know Mas- Maslow's hierarchy is such a real thing, and so when I was driven from survival instinct, I had different dreams. And then as I moved up to the, the period into the actualization and I switched into help myself and help others, these missions that are a hundred X bigger, a hundred X more intimidating, a hundred X more pleasurable. And you might be wondering like a hundred, seems like a lot, but at the same time, the other things I was doing weren't even close to as pleasurable. Mm. They, was, they were good, you know? But. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, you first
0: got to kind of dig out of that pit of like scarcity and survival um, yep. along the way. And it seems like you. So I came across you because a friend of mine told me about you and I listened to your podcast you were doing. I was like, wow, this guy knows this stuff. Right. And then I read your book and I was like, this is awesome. So I was like I was I was learning as I was going through checking out your material and you, you, you approach it a really different way. You said something once on a podcast that really stuck with me and it was you know is it is it tools tactics or what is it what does it look like what do people normally ask for and you said that you know people ask for tactics but ultimately it comes down what it re- what they really need is the mindset shift because without that mindset shift they can't apply any of the tactics right so this can you talk to me about kind of mindset and education and kind of how they work together hand in
1: hand Wow. Um, You've gotten a lot better at asking questions. Um, Not that you were bad before. (laughs) Not that you were bad before, but I'm like, holy cow. Like, okay, I'm glad I ate my Wheaties this morning. (laughs) 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 All right, man. So, well, if we make mindset more clear, let's just say how you think. And then the the, the the thoughts that we choose to think. So I was in uh, a hotel elevator one -hmm. evening and there was a high school teacher conference. And they they were like three or four uh, female teachers in this elevator. And I was like, what are you guys here for? Like on the high school teacher conference? Like you're like, oh, that's awesome. Your teachers are like, yeah, what do you do? Is like, we're building a transformational education platform. They're like, what are you talking? Like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, instead of tracking learning, we track action. And instead of tracking generals, we track out general like grades, we track outcomes. So instead of grades of learning, we track outcomes and action. And so with that data, you as a teacher can now see how good of a teacher you are based on how many students are actually able to take action on what they learned. So um, let's say you have um, 30 third grade teachers all teaching fractions and all 30 th- 30 or 30 of these third grade teachers are all tracking actions. They say they all have 30 students. So it's 30 times, 3,900 students total. And these 30 teachers get together and you're actually able to track your action ratios on your content. And let's say one teacher has literally a 100% action ratio of thirty. Of all 30 of the kids are able to do fractions after they listen to just a seven minute piece of content or one, one lesson. And then all you teachers can actually get together and see what are your action rates and then compare notes to see how many more you can get more students to take action. Mm. And their, their jaw was just dropped. And they're like, where do we get this? How do we sign up for it? And um, I said, well, it's not ready yet. <laughs> and, and, but that, but that, that's the passion is what can we, so in terms of mindset, like uh, you could say like a tactic would be track action instead of mm. learning but the the thought process behind it is what you can do when you track action. You can actually measure your effectiveness as an educator. So if you want one metric, just one metric to measure your effectiveness as an educator, and it's a metric that you have like control over, and it's not like say an outcome, because that has a lot to do with how much personal responsibility the student's willing to take, you not getting more invested than the student is, and then becoming part of the dysfunctional mess, because you want it more than they do. There's a lot of things that, like, so you got to pick the right, you got to pick the, the right metric to track. So, the metric you want to track as an educator is the action ratio. So, if a bunch of people listen to your hour-long YouTube talk, or your 30-minute speech, or your 25-minute podcast, and you're actually able to track, you know, I had uh, 15% of my students able to take action on this content. And then you actually go and look at it like, why only 15? Why not 30? And then you go back and you like change it up and make it simpler and make your content more clear. And now your action rate doubles from 15 to 30. You just doubled your effectiveness as an educator. You've doubled the impact of your legacy and you've done it all through measuring action. Mm. And, And then when you get to meet with other educators in similar degrees and compare who has highest action taking rates, you can actually, actually really like, if you sit down If you sit down and say, how can I design a piece of content for the highest level of action, you'll sit down and design content that is remarkably different than, um, if you say like, how do I teach this topic? Mm. Like, is that what, that's kind of what an educator will do, right? It's like, how do I teach the topic versus like, how can I get someone, what's the outcome of this topic provides? Okay. How do we break that topic? How do we break that outcome down into actions? And then, what's the content they need to take that action? Mm.
0: So, so, what I like about that is the typical way, the old school way of teaching, right? Is I'm going to stand on a soapbox and I'm just going to, I'm just going to talk, 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 and you're just going to take a bunch of notes, right? And then you know, go off and maybe do a thing, right? And mm. so that that's that. Whether or not I, wh- whether or not I read you the entire book doesn't mean anything if you don't apply it. So you're talking about the difference between. The gathering of knowledge versus like the applied knowledge. It's like innovation versus applied innovation, right? It's like, it doesn't matter if you actually create a thing if no one's using it and no one, no one actually takes it in, which seems to be one of the hardest things. And what, one of the things you said that was really cool there is you looked at it and said, okay, the point of education isn't to educate. The point of education is an outcome. Right, And we're looking to get an outcome. And if we look at the people that are the most successful at achieving outcomes and swap notes and understand what was their process to get those outcomes and what was their mindset that was like, oh, I want to get all of the people that I'm teaching, all the people that I'm educating, all the people that I'm transforming to, to become a new way. The way that they do it is by taking action, right? Because you got that whole kind of... Um, uh, there's, it kind of goes from you take an action to you kind of have that as a happened before, then you also get in like an identity or a way of life. You know, mm-hmm. can you talk to me about the, 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 the steps or the process from going completely unaware of it's of a subject to actually having the identity of being that type of way of life? Cause there seems to be a, a path along there. Um, and action is the way to
1: get there. Okay. So. Imagine. Well, I, this is only a theory. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't uh, ver- verified. Mm-hmm. Well, I verified this one personally. I think. Um, if let's just say you're going to design two programs, and one of, the, and the program is essentially outcomes are really difficult to define. Mm-hmm. By the way, like everybody I work with and myself included, when it comes to all of our own programs, and we're like, "What's my outcome?" We're all like. Bleh. Uh, happier, that doesn't work. Happier doesn't work. Happier in what context? Happier in your intimate relationship, uh, happier when you open your bank account, uh, even then, is that clear enough? No, not quite, you know, like, oh, all right. So we're going to allow couples to sustain a 20 minute conversation, Mm. a one-on-one conversation without any distraction any phone, mm-hmm. anything. And they're going to set a timer and just look and talk to each other for 20 minutes. And they'll have no conflict. They won't have any fighting uh, and they'll be at peace the whole time. We're going to that like, that's, that's, that's. it. And then, then you're like, what, is that an outcome? I don't know. <laughs> and <it's> like, <laughs> then you're like, shoot, how do you do this outcome thing? And that's what we're exploring is, is is how do you do outcomes? So you and generally speaking, you start with your best guess of a general one and you just kind of mm-hmm. keep going. But I'll tell you when you nail an outcome, Mm-hmm. you can actually change the world. Like there, there, are, there are hospitals that understand this. They understand the importance of outcome. And so hospitals are like, all right, we are going to shoot for um, every doctor washes their hands within two minutes of stopping seeing a patient. And that will allow us to reduce the spread of disease by 85%. And it's so like a doctor, like they, 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 set this, they set this outcome up and it's so clear. And now like, and, and now they give nurses a behavior to remind the doctor. And so, and, and then they train the nurses on the behavior because nurses are lower status than a doctor. So mm-hmm. they're afraid. Um, but now they have this clear outcome. Nurses are trained because the outcomes there is huge transformation. So let's take you, cause you asked about identity. So I'll, I'll bring yeah. this up and you can synthesize and take this wherever you want. So sure. say, say you wanna have a general outcome, which is like teaching a man to be more capable in a kitchen. <laughs> okay, so I need olive oil and eggs and and, 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 and spinach maybe, would that make me a meal? Like, you know, that's, that's about how good I am at this. You know, I'm okay at it, but like, so like, let's say you wanna go about, okay, I wanna teach a man to be more capable in the kitchen. All right, so then you're like, okay, how about let's get to uh, a little bit more of an outcome. We're gonna teach the man how to make himself one meal a day. Ooh, okay. Are you a man who, who like is scared of the kitchen and you would like to start getting comfortable in the kitchen, um, but you don't wanna like go all the way in cause it's overwhelming, but you wanna learn how to make just one meal a day for yourself. Mm-hmm. This- this program is going to teach you how to make one meal a day in the kitchen for yourself. And it's going to be using less than seven ingredients. You won't have to go to the store and get more than seven things. You can do it. And, and so the, the, this is like, well, this is pretty great. So now you put on the actions, you know, you get the, you get the, 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 maybe the mindset shift, you get the ingredient list, you get like the time of day, which is easiest for the guy to cook down. Um, you like, cause you really, cause now that you have one meal a day, you can now teach this in such an exciting way that it'll sell, it'll fly off the shelf. Because when you get the outcome clear, your sales. I have I have made as much as two million dollars mm-hmm. on uh, selling an outcome versus two hundred thousand dollars for selling something general. I had build a successful software company with ten paying customers in six months. Mm-hmm. Two million dollars in sales for that. I said, build a successful business that gives you freedom. I made two hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> a general versus thing. So we have this general now. If you bring identity in, and this is just my theory. Yeah, it's what I'm looking to test soon. So I'm, I want to test this hypothesis: is if you teach a man not how to be comfortable in the kitchen,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you teach him how to have the identity of chef. Then when he's in the, so you have the outcome, you have the actions, and now you're also embedding identity transformation of chef. So you're teaching, this is what chefs think about. This is how chefs fail, because chefs are like just throwing stuff in. Oh, I don't like the taste of that. And they throw it out. But like, you know, like you, you see how chefs use failure and like you build the identity of a chef and you actually build that into your curriculum. Once someone has the identity, then they know how to think. The action steps become less relevant. So what we're experimenting with, well, what we're Mm -hmm. already doing is we're designing a platform that tracks outcome and action, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're going to start baking in um, outcome, action, and identity. And Mm -hmm. if we can, if we can teach the particular identity towards that outcome, then that person will know how to think on their own.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. What it, what it makes me think about is like artificial intelligence right when the way that the way that artificial artificial intelligence learns right is you go through and you grab samples and you label this data right and you go okay you see this this right here is a sentence this is a this sentiment means angry or this sentiment means happy whatever the thing might be and you start to label that data over time and then it starts to kind of guess at things is this it is this it and then what you do is you kind of tweak and go no it's like this or yeah but that's actually more annoyed or whatever the thing is that you're training uh, artificial intelligence that way. And then over time, it you know, it, it's taking these guesses, but it starts to go from, you know, very direct labels. Okay, like, you take this action, like you make this meal, you take this action, you can make these uh, this spinach and eggs, right? To then all of a sudden, they're now sampling all these different styles and these different ways that they can start to synthesize and say, oh, actually, I am now confident that I can now experiment. And now i can actually have the freedom to be able to kind of try different things out because i have the identity of a chef or have the or the or the ai has been trained enough times it can now start go from just labeling that exact sentence means this to kind of predicting and experimenting with things over time and so that you have the ability to kind of go and go okay and that's kind of like the identity identity is at the point to where you don't need um uh, you don't need any more mentors or educations to tell you the next thing to do. You can now take that next step yourself and learn and grow along the path. and you maybe maybe you do pick up mentors along the way or education, but you now you now feel confident in your in who you are to achieve a certain type of outcome like food or guessing that sentiment. Is that kind of what we're talking about?
1: That's so, oh, that's really cool. I think it's really close. I think it's not okay. spot on. What you, what you had me thinking about was, yeah. I, the question I want to ask and pose to anybody listening and mm-hmm. myself is, how are we inadvertently uh, hindering our students by not purposely teaching identity? Mm. S- so, so so say you have like a, a sixth grader Yeah. and typical models are going to go learn math. Yeah. So they sit down in there and their thoughts generally are like, okay, I don't want to fail this. I want to succeed. How do I succeed? Yeah. Okay. A, B, C, D, E, and F are my possible grades in this. Um, but, but, but what, what, what the frick does that mean? And, and um, what, what about like outcomes? Like what if, what if I sat down and I was like, I'm going to, you're going to learn how to use math to build a bridge. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude. All right. So in order to do bridge, you got to know fractions. You got to know exponential things. You got to know derivatives. And like, you're like, but the outcome is to build a bridge. Um, and then like, you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. And then um, you're sitting in there, and now you're not thinking about success or failure. Uh, you're thinking about outcome of bridge, and you're getting support along the way. And if the bridge, if you don't, you don't pass until you can successfully build a bridge. As an outcome. And then in that, you're going to actually, you'll actually inadvertently be teaching identity just by having an outcome versus like A, B, C, D, E, or F, because you know mm. how to do a fraction. When you attach the outcome, and then, um, but then also if you start baking in purposely identity, like this is how a mathematician thinks. These are the three questions of a successful math- mathematician. And you're talking about just like rock star superstar students coming out of a program like that and a waiting list of the kids like i want to get in there and do a bridge man you know like if we get the bridge then maybe we get to do like we get a we get the math to put a put a spaceship on the moon you know or you know what
0: it reminds me of you what you you just triggered me on a on a memory that ties right into this identity and 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 segment there's 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 two examples uh i believe it was from the book predictably irrational they mm-hmm. had a thing, they had an experiment where they had these um, these different people come in and uh, Asian women were one of them. And they had to come in and they had the associations that they were a woman in the beginning. They did an experiment and then they then they gave them a math test and they reminded them that they were a woman. They reminded them the thing, they think, oh, like women aren't good at math or whatever, the, whatever the, the feelings or the beliefs or the identity around that was. And they had them take that test, the math test. They weren't very good at it, but then they had them associations with being Asian. I said, oh, uh, well, I'm an Asian person. Asian people are good at math. Da, 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 da. And they had the identity of being uh, an Asian person. And then they took the test and their test scores rose. The same the same cohorts of people, it <laughs> rose just around shifting that identity. And I know <laughs> that actually in virtual reality, there was an experiment that someone did. I, had, I talked to this guy about it, um, a psychologist who does VR. And they had you put on a headset where you embodied what it was like to be Albert Einstein and you put on you look down you look down you could look in the mirror and you could see your like big puffy white hair and your, your silly white mustache And you're like inside this room you got all the books on the shelves and the chalkboard with the chalk on it and you look down and then they had people take math tests after that and they actually scored better because they felt what it was like to have the identity of Albert Einstein and so you why you can embody that and be that and just choose what identity you want to have you can also kind of recreate that by using virtual environments or other types of priming and and, and I know you do a lot of these things around priming and education and things so can you um you know um, can you talk to me a little bit about that and what's your take with that well
1: I guess I want to make the invitation that if anybody wants help in thinking about designing if anybody's in education anyway and they want to help designing a, a curriculum with an outcome just if i have the time i i can just reach out to me and i'll, I'll do what i can um i mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to mention that because the the math and bridge example is is so good that it could be i mean if, if we could have out if we could have programs like this uh in the world it would be a pretty exciting place to live in education yeah. um so i there's i was thinking about this interview you, you're we we're going to do dylan and i was thinking mm-hmm. about a sentence and I think what's happening is, as, as, as educators, um, we're inadvertently damaging our students' self esteems uh, in, in very, very long-term ways. And, and um, I think we need to really think carefully how to design systems that bring out the best mm. in our students. And that's been, that was the primary core of the question of this software platform we've been building is, mm. um, how do we design systems that bring out the best in our students? And so making it an outcome, Tracking action instead of learning, um, letting other students see the actions other students are taking so they can learn from those actions, letting students share tips on how they completed certain steps so other students can see those tips and students can teach students and pr- bring some alleviation on the educator. Mm. Um, and yeah. I don't think that had anything to do with the question you were asking me. Though. No,
0: I do like, I do like the sharing tips and helping people guide posts. So I mean, there's ways to motivate people along the path, right? So you're talking about outcome oriented uh, situations and also you're talking about priming. Um, a lot of the things that I've I've seen, because I, I know you, you have, um, uh, you had a, a, a program a long time ago called The Foundation that was, I know you made, uh, you know, well over a dozen millionaires or more going through the programs. And yeah. a lot of things you've done was priming their mentality, their mindset to be able to go into it because there's a lot of things with, with fear and self-judgment and shame and frustration and things that all limit people from actually just being able to take that action to get that outcome to move forward on that, right? And so I think when we're talking about the transformation and we're talking about the examples with the the female Asian woman or the Albert Einstein, really what I wanted to lead you into is you do a really good job at priming people, priming people's mindsets mm-hmm. and mentality to be able to shift them into- We lost you,
1: Dylan.
0: there you are yeah oh i, I must have, i sorry uh, i looked like i had connections issues and immediately my connections dropped to one bar not too sure why we'll uh we'll put this whole thing together um but uh i don't know On the last thing that i left off on uh but i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to bring it back again and then we'll just stitch this stitch this back together here um let yeah. Okay. So priming people. So you've done a really good at prime a really good job at priming people to get them to feel safe enough to take that brave step forward, because a lot of things that stop us uh, may not be necessarily, we don't know what action to take, or sometimes we get in our own way, whether we're fear, shame, guilt, worry, uh, or distractions, right? So can you talk to me about priming people and whether it's priming people with an identity or in some sort of affirmations or what it looks like? But can you talk to me a little bit about how you use priming to educate people
1: yeah that that's why i answer, that's why I said the thing about designing systems that bring out the best in our students mm-hmm. um that's why that's why I said that earlier. So when you're talking about priming is like from the ground up, you design a curriculum, like it's really interesting it's like how typical education is like almost unconsciously done, in the pattern is, um, how can we see which of our students? are good or suck at a subject that's 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 kind of like how it looks you know it's like all right here's this and we're going to evaluate how good you are that is such crap, <laughs> <So> crap. <laughs> yeah. and 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 like if you if, you, if you're to sit down as an educator and say how could i design a program where not a single student would fail that you know would that make you would that yeah, make right. you a little uncomfortable as an educator because now all of a sudden you'd have to be accountable hundred percent mm. account. Oh, well, I can't do that. What about if a student has this? Well, let's say, what if you can't fail? Do you want to love that much where you risk failure? Do we, do I, I mean, how do I design a program where people can't fail? Absolutely. I want to do that. And I'm working really hard on that stuff right now. And, and so in terms of priming people, it's mm-hmm. as an educator, it's taking so much love and care that the curriculum is designed to bring out the best in the student. So you prime students by, um, giving them, (laughs) it's pretty simple. I mean, you give them an an action, however impossible or simple it is. And then you ask them what kind of things they start thinking about and what kind of of things they think about themselves as soon as they're starting to take that action. And then you work with them on the belief level every time, if you can get to the belief level as quickly as possible. Because the brain doesn't seem to know how to undo itself. Mm -hmm. So if if someone is asking a question about an action, they're generally coming from a most of the time, not all the time, they're coming from a belief structure that's asking the question in the first place. So you're actually answering the question that the belief structure has when you can actually just change the belief structure and then the question's gone and they're just doing the action. Yeah.
0: Okay. The well, he said, you said something that I'm gonna I'm gonna I wanna highlight and I want to talk about is like, oh, just just change the belief structure. <laughs> That yes. right there is a it's, it's, uh, it's like, oh, just diet and exercise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so can we dive yeah. into one first? How do you uncover it? So one, you, had, you talked about a good
1: thing about um, as an you educator. Uncover it, you uncover yeah. it through resistance to taking action.
0: Okay. Okay. So you're like, okay. So you're like, okay, this person's being resistant for whatever reason. There's, a, there's this obvious step. You just, 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 just jump to the next step. And they say, well, I can't because my shoes are red. I can't because I'm left-handed. I can't because whatever, whatever the reason by. And so then can't we talk about I'm not good at camp. Cause I'm not good at math. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at that and you, how do you change someone's belief structure?
1: Depends on how gnarly the belief is, <laughs> you know, if we had a gnarly scale, you know, if yeah. it's like a six out of six, I'd probably send them to a therapist. <laughs> yeah, It's oh. <laughs> okay. If, if, uh, if it's like a, three out of four, then I would Mm -hmm. probably use, I just use Byron Katie's process from the Mm work.com. If it's, if it's on the more severe side and it's like held in place by pretty thick emotion, then, Mm -hmm. then we would move emotion. Um, Mm -hmm. the thoughts are a little more flexible. Um, Mm -hmm. and then you also really, really need to be aware of the person's level of unconscious willingness to shift the belief. Otherwise, you'll be fighting against a belief that doesn't want to shift. So um, you have all these in mind, but like it's like uh, it's, it's sometimes they're really easy. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then sometimes they're like maybe years away from wanting to change a belief, you know. So I think willingness is actually willingness, readiness, and ability to actually change it. Like, like small examples, um, like my top students, like my top, top students, yeah. they get this right away and then they like, never have a question for me ever again. Like all, like, all, like, all of us all have students, like literally like my top students say, like, stop asking me questions all together mm-hmm. as soon as they get this.
0: Do you have an example? Can you tell me, uh, I mean, you don't have to use the person's name. Just give me a spec- an example of you were doing this, this happened and they did this and this was the result they got.
1: No, yeah, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a specific example with a specific name. Sure. Um, so the guy's name is Carl. Um, mm-hmm. His full name is Carl Mattiola. Um, and he is very, very, very successful now. And he was very, 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 very shy. Um, we have, we have his first video of him speaking on stage and, um, he's making his first four grand per month. You know, he's multiple, multiple millions a year now. Um, it's just insane to watch. Um, and, and, uh, well, it's normal to watch actually when Mm -hmm. you do what he does, it's normal. It's not insane. And you careful with my language. So he's on stage at four grand a month. He's like, Hey guys, I'm Carl. I'm doing four thousand a month now I guess it's pretty cool like that's that's how he is and then you get him on stage and he's doing a hundred plus grand a month and he's sitting back in a chair he's like hey guys so yeah we're over hundred grand a month now completely different um and mm-hmm. and uh, completely different in his expression. And we were on a, a, a QA and a call and students were asking yeah. questions. How do you send out like a cold email to someone without getting rejected? And how do you phrase a subject line? And how do you pick the niche to send the people to and the emails to and all these questions? And every single person that had a question, I would never answer their question. I would go to belief structure, find the belief structure, work with them to shift the belief structure. And um, once the belief structure would shift, their question was different. Um, like one really easy example is like I had I had a gentleman in a men's group once. He's like, I was like, what do I do with my life? Like, how do I pick the right career? And I did this process with him where like, we ended up with our noses touching each other, which was really kind of awkward. And we were screaming at each other like lions. And I was like, I'm trying to let my mind turn off and go where, where I feel this needs to go. And men, men screaming at each other is actually quite a healing thing. Um, And like, Very healing. And so he just screams and screams and I scream and scream. We just meet in this like viciousness of male expression. Um, There could be a very vicious scream of female expression too. This just happened to be um, genetically men. And, and um, at at the, and it's all this process. And, um, and he's like, dude, I I can feel that I'm loved. And I was like, it's pretty cool. Um, Do you have the same question about career anymore? He's like, no, I don't care. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and he went from like, what do I do for my career? To like, crap, I'm loved. That'll figure. It's-. He's like, that'll figure itself out. I don't care anymore.
0: Mm. So that's, on,
1: that's on that level. um And so, what if you can't, like, you know, bring your nose up to someone and scream? Like, so then I have like other, which you pretty much can't do that anywhere. I don't know how that happened or if I would do it again. Um, <laughs> you know, but like, say, say you're on a call and someone's asking you like, what do yeah. I do if someone like marks a spam or someone replies back negatively, or what happens if I get rejected? And so then I just go in and say, so what, well, what, what stories do you tell yourself? If you, you know, you get rejected, they're like that. I'm not good as an entrepreneur. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, um, what if I told you I've got like hundred of a hundred plus emails of people being upset at me and rejected. And they're like, oh. So it doesn't make me a bad entrepreneur. And I'm like, no, I'm like, cool. And then they'll go off and fire a bunch of emails. And then the next person, and then the next person, and then Carl's watching this. And he's like, dude, it's all about belief systems. So Carl spends an entire afternoon doing Byron Katie's process to work on all these note cards. And he just reverses like all of his beliefs. Mm. Um, He's now able, he sleeps better at night. He used to go to bed with ice baths. He had so much stress in his system. His thinking was creating the stress. The beliefs were creating the stress. So he he cleared the beliefs, slept better. He left his job, um, but That's and then the other other students when they when they see that it's about beliefs, mm. it's a whole different it's a whole different um, it's a whole different framework because like it, you move from like this subtle hopelessness of <sighs> what's the tactic to this empowered place of like okay what beliefs can I pick shape and choose okay what outcome am I after. Okay, what's the best content that I can digest to take the best action towards that content? And then you're just like this kind of this pleasurable machine because mm. you've, you've gone to belief.
0: That's so awesome, and it's so powerful. Uh, I'm I'm really uh, grateful that I asked you for an example because it was such so much more tangible than mm. they just work on belief systems, right? You I mean, you know we we learn a lot through hearing other people's stories, and then realizing that it's possible for us. Right. And then you see that and you're like, oh, if, if he can do it, I can do it. Right. If he can shift his beliefs and I can as well, or at least ideally. You know
1: what? You know, you know what I'm just realizing is like you could actually like get a pretty good gauge for how severe the beliefs are going to be if they mm-hmm. uh, if they answer yes to the question of, well, if you ask them, how important is this to you? And if they say, oh. and if they say this is incredibly important to me, then those beliefs are probably going to be wrapped around and strangling their heart. Mm. If it's, if it's that important to them
0: because they, they don't, don't have, have
1: the to, freedom for risk they, yeah their 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 uh, identity is like if risk had its own identity characteristics their identity of risk is death yeah yeah like quite death. literally their, their nervous system is like breathing will cease mm-hmm. i won't be able to put bring down water anymore um and and in many in many cases death as they know it as we know it from that identity is the case I know this because I've been able to succeed in in all the areas that I've been able to succeed wildly in there's pretty much one common denominator in all of them and and in the in the areas where I have not succeeded as wildly same opposite common denominator and mm. and that that common denominator is well coming up after this commercial break no I'm just kidding is <laughs> the, the common denominator is I wasn't afraid to make a mistake
0: yeah literally
1: yeah. I had no fear of making a mistake. Like if I run an ad and someone gets pissed, I'm like, I'll try again. Send an email, someone gets pissed or like I get rejected or some spam complaint, I'll just try again. I create a landing page or if a product doesn't work, I'm like, I'll just try again. But you know, like um, comes to music when I play music and I'm like, oh my God, if I screw that up, I'm done, I'm toast. I'll be hideous forever to all of humanity. <laughs> and like, so like there's been such a fear of making the mistake with music so my I've got three music albums and i'd probably Mm -hmm. have 10 i'd probably have 10 music albums if i hadn't had the fear of making mistakes so now that i've identified that i'm trying to like gently like unwrap all this tension around making a mistake in my mind about the area that means so much to me which would be music for example
0: what's super interesting about that too is if you if you look at the like the progress right like let's look at this progress right when you first start out like you want to do something let's say become an entrepreneur right You are so, your identity is so attached to wanting so desperately to become an entrepreneur and the fear of making the mistake that you'll never take any actions, right? But then when you actually do become a professional at the thing, entrepreneurship, um, professional songwriter, whatever the thing is, you don't care if someone doesn't like it because you've made so many times, you've been rejected so many times that you're, you're so secure in that identity, of being an entrepreneur or being another type of person, that that, that fear and gout of, of them rejecting the the thing that I produced is not rejecting me. They just didn't like it for whatever reason. And it's really interesting that shift of that that identity of 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 tr- so deeply wanting something that that you're afraid to take a step to it after you do it so many times, you're like, ugh, whatever. You know, I've added like with this podcast, I was terrified. I did the first 10 of these podcasts like two years ago, and I got, I looked at, I looked at all 10. I was like, nope. And I just deleted them all. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I rejected myself before anybody else got a chance to do it. Right. And oh, I was just like, I can't, I, I was so terrified. Right. And now just, I'm comfortable. Right. We get, we have a conversations. If we, we go into a place where we, we end up crying or we, we do whatever. If I say hey, something Dylan. silly,
1: Dylan, you know? imagine, imagine if you taught podcasting. Uh huh. So we, we already know the fear of making a mistake is like, if you can make it, if you could like, if you get, make a student excited about building a bridge that falls,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like not like have their excitement be towards building a bridge that falls. Like, cause when a bridge stands, then you're done. You don't get to be on the adventure anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and or something, you know, um, so you, you bring podcasters in and you're like, Hey guys, um, we're gonna teach you to podcast. Guess what? Um, I'm going to, you, you, you can, you can delete the, your first 10 episodes, do, do your first 10 episodes. You can listen to them and delete them all. You don't have to use any of your first 10. Can you feel how much action that would free them up to take? Yeah. Yeah. It would just be transformational because you would, you have through that story, through that story, you have would have inadvertently taken away the fear of making a mistake yeah i mean you're right because you're because you're writing for the waste bin right and
0: and i did them and i watched them and i was like oh no like i think i think i literally watched them with like a blanket right and i was like yeah. peeking through the blanket hole like oh i hope you don't stare at me <laughs> so i was just like i can't do this but i mean now it's you know it's just a conversation and we're having a good time you're right They've setting that primer so you're creating that um i guess what you're like making it okay to failure you're, you're expecting the failure right versus running from it you're kind of diving into it going what's the this is going to get thrown away anyways we're going to delete this at the end anyways and so well, it, yeah it, it,
1: it's 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 making failure a happy experience oh. but th- let, let's not like let's not be like uh like if, if, we're, if we're elon musk and we're launching a spaceship to mars and that thing fails that's not a happy experience okay it's <laughs> it's not, that's not gonna be they, lot
0: yeah, of, that's awful. Well, you're looking at it, but let's, let's, let's slice and dice those two things. Like right? one, you're talking about real risk, you know, a hundred million dollars, decades and years, you know, or or the the thing of emotional uh, risk. emotional risk where someone says, "No, I don't want that," or "No, um, I <laughs> I won't date you," or "No, I don't want to," uh, uh, or you know, you can't get on stage or whatever the thing might be. It's just there's like this emotional risk. So how do you help people with the because if it's not the Elon Musk, $100 million is going to go blow up a rocket in space, which is obviously, or I'm going to go try to swim across the uh, the ocean, um, you know, might probably some more risk there. How do you help people handle that, the the emotional risk side? You talked about moving emotions through the body. Is that what that's about? Can you talk to me a little bit about that?
1: It's like person specific, isn't it? Eh? Um. Mm how do I help people with the emotions that prevent action?
0: Yeah. If if it, if it's just emotional risk that people are taking, right. Especially being rejected by someone or them rejecting themselves. Like I rejected myself.
1: Well, <laughs> so. well, well you could have, you could also just have really high standards and they didn't meet them. You know, it, it may, it may, um, may not have been like, a. uh, if you look back in hindsight, it just may have been mm-hmm. like, dude, this isn't good enough. I, I, I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm. I am not going i am i do not want to release content like this. Just, you know, it was. Did you,
0: a, you rejected yourself. What it was is, I didn't want people fear to judge. Weird. To judge me, and I didn't want to. My thing was, I had a fear of looking stupid, looking stupid online. having a fear that I said something that someone's going to judge me, that someone's going to interpret that Someone's going to write a nasty comment and I wouldn't be there to defend myself. And, and, and then over time, I just, from taking, doing it so many times, I mean, you know, getting a little hate here and there or whatever. It's just like, eh. (laughs) yeah. You
1: know, I, I told my friend once, um, he's done something kind of like to tick me off or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the thing he was trying to thing he was doing to tick me off was actually helping me and I was being stubborn. And I said, whatever, dude, you're just a speck of sand on, 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 on the beach. It's all you are. It's a tiny speck of sand. It was said with humor, but I, I, I had this like feeling. And he goes, hmm, there's a lot of freedom to be in just a speck of sand. And I was like, damn, let me, <laughs> let me insult you, please. I want to insult you. And he's like, there's a lot of freedom to be in a speck of sand. I was, just, I was just picturing like someone said, Dan Dylan, you are stupid. And you're like – I have a lot of freedom of being stupid. It means I got yeah. stuff to learn. Or, like, you know, like the whole Dude. relationship. Well, like I, I recently
0: heard something that I thought was super cool. Um, your does your your goal um to achieve a certain thing, and you can only get there by your willingness to experience the opposite, right? So um having a budget and saving money might make you feel broke, but is actually having you gain more money. You feeling stupid, taking risks and putting yourself out there is actually making you smarter, right? So every time you have a goal to, to to get somewhere, your willingness to experience its opposite and stay in that tension is something that will actually help propel you to get you to where you want to go. And I think that's one of the things that we're talking about, that willingness to feel stupid while you're actually getting smarter. Well,
1: yep, that's important. Um, it's, pretty, it's like, a, probably, you know, you just got to be a beginner. Uh, be, willing, be willing to suck at it if you want to be good at it mm-hmm. and, and that's like am i willing to suck at this and if, if if you find the resistance to that you know then there's the fear of making it kind of goes back to the fear of making a mistake so with emotional resistance so like if i have like i had a student once and mm-hmm. he had to drink two shots of tequila just to get on the phone with a client wow and we took him through the belief reversal process with byron katie's the work uh-huh. And he stopped drinking tequila, and he was on the phone, because the wow. the 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 emotional system is really gnarly. Because if an emotion's already in your body, it's useful to process it. And at the same time, the belief structure that fires the emotion, if that's looked at, mm-hmm. then the emotion doesn't even fire. So that yeah. that being that being said, um, on the on the on the VR front. Um, on the VR front. Yeah, it's well, it's it's my intention is my, it's it's always my intention to show love. And I do miss the mark on that. And so that's why I wanted to clear that up and with the game, the intention to love is there as well. And so in, in the, in the game itself, uh, it's really powerful because we have, I grew up bullied, physically abused perpetually depressed for Probably a period of 10 years or more and I and I sit and I sat in front of video games and um, Had those video games reached me in a deeper way than just triggering dopamine drips um, I could have had a much better outcome faster in my life so I wanted to build a game that could have reached or reached into my heart at that time of my age of that age when I like had nowhere to turn. That was a real, like the whole, the, the world was just not predictable enough for me to understand it. Like you could randomly get jumped and bullied or randomly piss some, someone off or randomly get screamed at. I was like, this is awfully unpredictable. Let me find a world that has predictable rules. And I was like, okay, a video game, a makes the player jump every time. I like this. Let me stay here. And if I if I was in that world, if I then got taught lessons on life, success, true success, like, re- like the success of listening to your heart, not the success of um, living to the, des- the desires ma- that were manipulated by society, like success in the heart, happiness, practicing things like gratitude in a real and visceral way that bring more, th- more great things into your life um, uh, rewiring thoughts in my brain where I'm angry to being thoughts of kindness, um, helping encourage me on paths that were unique to my soul's expression, like a literal, like seminar in a box for a, a video game, um, Mm -hmm. in a video game. So that's, that's what, um, I wanted to, to build, but I, I gotta be honest. I mean, like I was kind of just after making a fun game, it wasn't, it wasn't without this gentleman here, Dylan being like, um, you know Dane, what's your higher vision for this game? I know what your child's vision is for this game can we bring your higher vision in for this game And when you asked that Dylan I said I want to bring kindness into competitive shooters and uh, that's been the purple cow if you will because um, that that contorts people's faces you know when <laughs> when I when I say that like kindness into a competitive shooter, Um, And I was like, hey, I'm just as confused as you right now. Um, And I'm willing to sit on the edge of that confusion um, and try and lead something that's very uncertain. So imagine, um, for example, teaching a young, imagine getting a a young, a young child, or I mean, like I'm building the game that I want to play now. So I'm 38 and I'm building the exact game that I want to play, but it'll also work really well for 14 year olds. So imagine... Um, a, a light, bright, happy environment that looks very playful, like a, like, an Inten- like a Nintendo vibe. And um, imagine really fast-paced, competitive, multiplayer shooter arena gameplay that doesn't look violent. It doesn't look toxic. It doesn't evoke aggression in any way. Like a lot of games that are shooters are designed to evoke aggressive behavior. The entire narration from like the starting menu is... Or there's like skulls in the background when you load up or... Or, like, defeat, failure, you know, yeah. dominated. Like, these are literally sounds from games um, versus a game that is, like, all right, go, have your best, have fun. Um, and, like, tracking, taking someone down instead of getting a kill, all right? Um, and little things like that, bringing this language so that we can have, we have a healthy outlet, a healthy outlet for the aggression uh, that's it's in the system that wants to just, aggressively compete but it's healthy so imagine taking a 14 a 14 year old putting them in that environment and then they go and it's like all right you're about to go play in the latest arena it is the coolest arena you've played in yet in order to get into this arena you now need to take your first positive brain challenge to become worthy to step in this arena because every player in this arena is currently working on their positive brain challenges And we may work on the language of positive brain challenge, but that's what it actually is. So they say, okay, yes, I want access to the arena. I'm gonna do this positive brain challenge and say, all right, you're gonna take a gratitude challenge. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna teach you how to practice gratitude when you don't get your way. So if you get downed in a game, if you get taken out, if you lose, we're going to show you how to be grateful for that moment anyway. And systematically, we're going to we're going to build this into a questing system that will tr- be able you'll be able to track and self-report your gratitude, so you can learn over time, get help, and successfully complete a gratitude challenge as you do that you will be rewiring your brain to not get tilted when things don't go your way but to actually be grateful when things go your way so for example if a young man walked up to a woman that he was really attracted to and said, hey i think you're really attractive or i think you're really cute um can i get your number can we talk sometime or hey you seem really interesting can we can, we, can i get to know you and that and that and that woman's like no thanks and 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 that and that kid instead of being devastated actually in his mind is like, okay, thank you. I'm grateful for this moment. He'd have very little loss of motivation. He'd have very little impact to his negative, uh, to his self-esteem. He would probably be ready to go and sh- say hi to the next woman. If, if he literally got rejected and he was grateful for it, and you could be grateful for a lot of things because let's say she doesn't reject you, but she wanted to. And then two years down the line, you break up and you're heartbroken in a relationship because she wasn't honest at the beginning. You, you could be grateful that, you could actually be grateful that that didn't happen because <laughs> it yeah. happens. Um, you you could be grateful that she was honest. So she shows you how to be honest and like, you could be like, you could be grateful and say, Hey, thank you for showing me how to say no. Like you could actually be grateful for that. And like, we'll teach 14 year old kids. This we will teach 38 year old guys. This like (laughs) when I don't get my way and I'm like, no. And then I'm like, wait, I could actually be grateful for this. And then bringing gratitude to the game. What happens is players will um, play happier. They'll win more often. They'll be at a more relaxed state of focus will take off their VR headsets in a happier state instead of more perturbed and ticked off. And you will actually have been able to bring your child into an environment where they would get the core skill of happiness and success. And that's just one positive brain challenge, you know?
0: Um, we have so lots of What's amazing about this and why I want to dive into it is, yes, I want wanted to open this up. And this is something that, you know, I I followed your work a long time ago because you have a really amazing balance of heart-centered, right, and also Productivity and be able to make big things happen, and then I was like, okay, I, I've seen you, you know, um, have these educational events where you're incredibly vulnerable, where you you show up, you 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 open up your heart, you you cry, you put it out there, but you also connect with people, and you show you give people this unconscious permission to express themselves beyond just like the typical, say, male aggression of I'm I'm good or I'm pissed, right? You create this this area for that for that space because. You know, as kids and as, as, as uh, middle-aged adults, um, we don't always have the tools to be able to actually express ourselves in a healthy way that's non-toxic. Sometimes we're upset and we don't know how to process it. We don't know how to process for ourselves. We don't know how to process for other people. And so we, we end up becoming toxic. We get these emotions. We get anger. We get frustration. We get shame. We get guilt. We get, And a lot of times, you know, life is always teaching and video games are always teaching. And so when people go through this, especially in a multiplayer experience, you're learning from the people around you. And so cultivating those environments and bringing, like, who you are and, like, because you, who you are to me is this heart-centered dude a successful entrepreneur, uh, who apparently says he's he's failed many times, been as successful in a couple times. But I I know your track record. Um, and, and, and I I will speak to the saying that you are a successful dude, but you have so much of your heart that you bring in. But showing people that they can they can have a good time and when things are bad, they can have that okay with themselves. And then showing them ways to be able to do that so that they can shift that belief structure, I think is like is helping that new that next generation of kids create that, that space and that freedom to feel, giving them that permission to express themselves in a way that is healthy and vulnerable and connected. And I think it's so beautiful where you can actually have fun, have an amazing time, laugh, joke, play, compete, rival, you know, and, you know, at the same time, share your emotions with each other and share the experience and, and shift that belief shift into a place that you choose, not just something that happens to you. And I think that's so cool um, about this game in Arena Rivals, is the name of the game. Um, I know it's going to be coming out here soon. Um, you know, I believe towards the end of March, early April time is uh, around that time frame. Um, and I want to bring it up because I think it's critical. You you do a lot of education. You do a lot of education online. I know with the foundation, you have these groups and these communities. You have this new online educational platform. Um, I don't know if you want to mention the name of it, but go into it. And now you're going into VR. So what I see is that you bring your heart and you bring your spirit into this education and the transformation that you've made along the way, you're, you're, you're educating people on the path. A hero's journey is you go through and you become transformed and then you become the mentor and you transform other people. You help them on their own journey, whatever that might be. And I've seen you do it online and I see you do it in VR. And so I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, help share that story and help communicate that. And I think it's so beautiful that you've been able to do like all that you've done. So that's why I was really excited to get you on for the, when I thought of happiness and education, I'm like, I'm getting Dane, I'm grabbing Dane, I'm going to bring him on here because of all that you've done, man. And so I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel honored to know you and be able to work with you on these things.
1: Yeah, thank you. The, the, the software product is called resultgm.com. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, resultjam.com, then it's goarenarivals.com as well. If you ever want to just check those out or share them with someone you think would find them helpful. Um, the So if you look at resultjam.com and you look at uh, goarenarivals.com or you look at these two projects, they're essentially doing the same thing. So uh, resultjam is the first of its kind a of social outcome platform for online educators to give any group an outcome and watch them race towards the finish line together. So if you look at that, you look at the, the, the systemic problem with education, like online courses, is that students don't complete them, um, outcomes are general and uh, success rates are low. So we look at that core problem and we design a system or solution around it to try to heal it. That's Result Jam. If you look at GoArenaRivals.com, you look at the issue and the pain of uneducated players, unsupported and untrained players mentally are very toxic and very negative and can ruin the spirit of a game. So we look at the systemic problem there and we then design a system to transform that. In both both situations, we're looking at core wounds in the world and seeking to transform them, seeking to create systems to transform them while transforming them them ourselves. We're not sitting there thinking, how can we do it? We're sitting there thinking, what systems can we design to do it for us? and And that's that's why it's um that's why you want to think in terms of systems. How can you design a system to eliminate a wound and bring out the best in your students mm-hmm. and if you ask that question, you'll probably come up with something that the world's never seen before. beautiful I love it and story comes full circle,
0: brother uh, with all that being said, uh, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you? No, um no <laughs> Okay, beautiful. And if people want to find out more, I, there is resultjam.com and goarenarivals.com.
1: Those are the two places to find that. Any other places? Yeah, if you do my name.com, you can find my book. You can find my you can you can fill out the contact form there if you'd like to share anything with me. I'm here. Danemaxwell.com. Beautiful. Honor and
0: pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, this has been an, a, a wonderful talk and a journey with you. Um, and, uh, I look forward to, uh, many more times with you, brother. So, Thank you, man. Have a blessed and beautiful day. I will see you on the other side Bye now.
1: Thank you for listening to the heroes of reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes while you're there. You can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are, or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.